Okay, good evening. We're going to learn a little bit of the Torah of the Rabbeinu Bachya on Parshas Truma, Lechus Hamishkan. As we know, uh, Parshas Truma begins with Yichuli Truma, Meizkol Shashid Lubenu Leitichus Trumasi, Vazoisa Truma Shatichu Meitam. It says three times in a breath, basically, the word Truma. And uh, Rashi speaks about this that the Gimel Truma is Hakos of Medaber. The Torah speaks about three Trumas. There was the Truma of the Mizbeach, there was the Truma of the Adonim that made the foundation stones or the blocks that held up the temporary Mishkan. And then there was the truma of Zava Chesef of the of the Malachas HaMishkan, which is the explicit context that we're speaking about here. Rabbeinu Bachya, who, as you know, is uh, is very often looking at the Pnimius HaTorah, not at just not learning Pshat in the Torah, but at seeing the deeper layers and levels of what the Torah is discussing, has a very different suggestion on a different level, on a different layer. And he says, it refers to the three trumas through which the world is uplifted. The three forms of wisdom, Chachma, Tfuna, and Das. He doesn't discuss here what the difference is between those three. That's a, a sugya, that's a study. You know, as is well known, Eskimos have a lot of different words for snow. They live snow, right? Jews have a lot of different words for wisdom. We try to live in the world of in the world of wisdom. So there's chachma, tfuna, vadas. Famous pasuk, which is quoted in different contexts, a pasuk in Mishlei, where it says Hashem founded the earth with with chachma, the shemayim with tfuna, with uh, with 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 das, the tahemis, the depths. So, so the same faculties which were u- used to create the world were used to create the Mishkan. And he says, because the Mishkan is equal, in a sense, to the creation. And that's why it mentions these three things, even with them. And it is, and it was corresponding to these three faculties that were used in the creation of the world, that the Jewish people gave three different kinds of trumas, three different kinds of gifts, in order to create in in order to create the mishkan. This is the 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 idea that he speaks of. He goes on and elaborates about this and speaks about a couple of the trumas being more holy and one of the trumas being more general. We won't go into all of the aspects of what he of what he is speaking. However, he says. And it is in order to show, in other words, let's say I'm right, says the Rabbeinu Bachia, that these trumais correspond to the to, to Chachma, Tuna, and Das, the different faculties which Hashem used to create the world. Why is that mentioned here? Writes Rabbeinu Bachia, because you have to understand that at the core of the Mishkan, and at the core of the, the, the meaning and the symbol, which is the Mishkan, is that the Mishkan is shokul keneged briyas The building of the Mishkan is equal, corresponds to the creation of the world. 
The world was created for Hashem's presence to be within it. The place in the world where Hashem, Hashem's presence rests is within the Mishkan. And that's why Chazal say, as Rabbi Nabachi quotes, that Betzalel, who was the artisan who fashioned the Mishkan, knew how to put together the letters of with which the heavens and earth were created, the Gemara says. And it, the Gemara, which says this Gemara in Brachas, quotes in fact the Pasuk that says, It mentions those three branches of wisdom. And those are the things with which the world was created. And it goes on to quote this Pasuk that we quoted earlier. So again, Chazal are trying to make this point that they used these three faculties in order to create the world and these three faculties in order to create the Mishkan. And he goes on, Rabbeinu Bachya, to note that they used, Shleim HaMelech used those three faculties as well to create the Migdosh. As it says, And in the end, the Beis HaMigdosh will also be built with these three things. Writes the 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 uh, the Rabbeinu Bachya, this is the idea. The Mishkan is the world. The Mishkan is Hashem, placed on earth where Hashem is present. That's what the whole world was meant to be. We've explained at different times that this is the idea. Why we learn? We're going to be learning from these parshias, the Isurim, the Malachis of Shabbos. Where do the Malachis of Shabbos come from? How do you know what's Osir to do on Shabbos? So we say, the 39 malachas which were employed in the building of the Mishkan, that's what you have to avoid doing on Shabbos. But one second, Shabbos is to remember that Hashem created the world in six days, and on the seventh day He rested. So we should be resting from the acts of creation of the world. Yes, the way we identify the acts of creation of the world are the acts of creation of the Mishkan. Because the creation of the Mishkan corresponds to creation of the world. There are many places, many Ramazim, where this is coming across. Venubach is bringing it here right at the outset. That the Shalish Trumais, which were brought in order to make the Mishkan possible, correspond to these three faculties which are always identified with building that which is most significant. Chachma, Tfuna, Vadas. Chachma Tfuna Vadas. Are these characteristics present in the base uh, of as well? Yeah, he he brought psukim. Bechachma even abayis uvetfuna yiskainein uvedas chadorim yimalu. Right, Shlaim Hamelach mentioned them, and in when it speaks about the artisan, v'aviv suri chayshet nacharish nachayshes v'yimale es hachachma es hatfuna es hadas. Melachim Aleph Perek Zayin Pasuk Yudalit. Okay. Now, um, the, the next layer, which also has to be seen here, is further identified by Rabbeinu Bachya towards the end of his commentary on this opening pasuk of the Parsha. And that is that when you talk about building the Mishkan, there's a Mishkan Shalmata and a Mishkan Shalmala. There's a physical structure, a beautiful, magnificent, intricate physical structure which is described as being built here. But of course, what's really being built is a spiritual domicile for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what it's about, so that the presence of Hashem should rest within it. And so writes Rabbeinu Bachia, again, on a layer of the meaning of the Pasuk, 
when it says, So one of the things which which is dealt with, and he deals with it also in an earlier point, is they should take from me. And then the next passage says, this is the truma that they should take from them. Li, or the truma. Is it my truma, or is it the truma? Says Rabbeinu Bachya, the first pasuk is speaking about building the spiritual place for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the higher truma. What's not li, but that you should take from them, where Hashem's name isn't mentioned, but you, Moshe, should take from them, that's the truma's hamishkan. That's the material stuff. And he writes, you have to understand that when the Jewish people brought the truma's hamishkan, she was zava kesav and achayshis v'chalashar, they brought with them as well a higher truma. What that means exactly, again, I leave to your thoughts, to your imagination. But there's a higher truma and there's a lower truma. In Pasuk Vav, Rabbeinu Bachya suggests that when in the list of the gifts that would be given for the Mishkan, the first thing on the list is Zohav, Zohav HaKesef Unachayshas. It does this because there's a hidden narrative in the Binyan HaMishkan. And the hidden narrative is that the Jewish people built something. And they built something at Harsinai. And they built it not for HaKadosh Baruch They built the Egel HaZohav. And the relationship of the construction and the worship of the Egel Azov to the Binyan HaMishkan is, as you know, a very com- complicated sugya. What came first? Technically, Rashi speaks about how, you know, this Parsha is taught, Lemochras Yermakipurim, on the day that Maish Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai after the Masa Egel was forgiven. That was when we got this, this mitzvah of, of, uh, of Yichulit Truma. And, and that understanding, which is a significant understanding in Chazal, is that the Mishkan was given to the Jewish people following the Masa'egel as a kapora for the Masa'egel. Rabbeinu Bachya follows the approach of the Ramban. And the Ramban's approach generally is that we don't understand Parshios to be out of sequence, unless we're forced to. There are places where we're forced. In the beginning, Parshios Midbar gives dates, first one, then an earlier one. But otherwise, we try to take the Torah in the order in which it is presented. And that means that the mitzvah of the Mishkan came before the Masa'egel, which we're going to read about in Parshas Kisisa, which came before the building of the Mishkan, which came afterwards. And therefore, the, the, while Klal Yisrael may have been instructed about it later, but Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed about it earlier and writes Rabbeinu Bachya and Ramban, is that there's an aspect of hikdim refuah lamaka. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them the means of gaining forgiveness before he gives them the wound. And the remez, the hint, that the Mishkan in a certain sense is there to be a refuah for the Egel, even though it's brought and instructed about before the Egel, is because the first item on the list was Zahav. 
And he brings a medrash that says the same thing, which we have in a famous parsha that we that we lain. Shur I kesev I eis ki ivolid vayashivas yamim tachas imay uviyem ashmin vayyote ishel Hashem. Right? Shur I kesev we lain on on yamim tayvim. The ox or the lamb or the goat that will be born seven days it should be with its mother before you offer it as a carbon. The first one on the list says the medrash is the shur for what. The eagle, the ox is the mother of the eagle, of the calf, and it's therefore to show this. And uh, that's the derech of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be makdim refuah lemakeh, to bring the, 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 the healing before the, before the wound. In Pasuk Zion, in Pasuk Zion, the, 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 the Rabbeinu Bachya notes how there are 15 different items which are there listed in the gifts of the Mishkan. Now, you can count them, you might find 16, but as Rabbeinu Bachya says, you know, when it says, uh, when it says, V'samim l'shem and ha'mishcha, u'liktayrus ha'samim, that's one thing. And he says, What's the idea of these 15 items? So here again, we see something near Maz hinted at the layers of significance of the Mishkan and what the Mishkan corresponds to. He says, if you look in the Pasuk of Bereshis Bore Kim, there are 10 Tezvav Havores. There are 15 expressions. What does that mean? I mean, vocal vocalizations. And those are hard, hard nekudos. Nekudos, I have you say, you know, A, shis, you know, that's three dots, you know, two, the tzere for A, and the one dot for she, you know. So so those havores are there in the Pasuk of Bereshus. Now, how often are you used to having a drush of how many how many points there are? Not often. But in Rabbeinu Bacha, you find Ramazim to many different kinds of what are called nitricoin, different ways where things are near us. Rabbeinu Bachia was the one, you know, we find in Rabbeinu Bachia that code of skipping 50 letters and 50 letters. We find that in Rabbeinu Bachia also that Rabbi Michal Ber Weismandl made famous. But the, the, the Bible codes. But the, the, the correspondence, again, you notice, is between what it takes to build the Mishkan and the description of the building of the world. And the number 15 in the building of the world is, of course, super significant. Ki Hashem lamim, because with ka Hashem formed the world. And Rashi famously brings, he brings it in the beginning of the Torah, that with a yud and a hey, Hashem created the world to come and this world. Yud and hey together add up to, you guessed it, 15. And there are many other such instances where you find the number tesvav, in that significance, to show it. And he speaks about the fact that in Yishtabach, we have Tesvav, 15 terms of Shevach. Right, go ahead, so, you know, you know, count them. So many times 15. And of course, we have the 15 Shir Hamalis. And he brings beautifully... Uh, the Pasuk of Hashem Hemarta Hayoim, the Pasuk which declares the allegiance of the Jewish people to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
also is a Pasuk of 15, 15 Psukim. So there and 15, 15, 15 words and 15 words in Birchas Kayanim. So the 15 is the number for the foundations, the foundations of creation of the physical world, of the Mishkan, of, of the bond and the connection between Chal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch why you know what's the yinka? That's the yud and the hay that somehow you know have that significance together. Estavnis hamishkan vestavnis kolkelov pasuk tes, the structure of the mishkan and the structure of all of its kalim. So here Rabbeinu Bachya writes about the three layers that we have within the Mishkan and how they correspond to three worlds and to three parts that are there within a human being. On every level, we look at a sort of symmetry between the different layers and levels that exist within, within the world. So how's that? In the Mishkan, it's easy. You have the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. Outside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the place where the menorah and the shulchan sat, that's the Ohel Moed. And then outside of that was the outdoor area, the Chatzar Mishkan, the courtyard of the Mishkan. And those are three different layers of Kedusha within the Migdash. And there are three such layers within the world. There's the world of the Malachim, the world of the angels, all the way up there, like the Kodesh Kadashim of the world. There's the Olam HaGalgalim, there's the world of the celestial bodies that turn and rotate. And that's that middle world, like the world of the menorah and the shulchan, the world of the inner sanctum, but not the innermost. And then there's Olam HaShafalim. Then there's the world down here, which is like the courtyard outside. And he says, and the same is true by a person also. A person also has three sections. A person's called an Olam Katan, a small world. And how is it? He has the world of Dibur, the world of intelligence world of communication, which is the world of the moach, of the brain. And then there's Elam Hachios, the world of vitality. And the world of vitality is the world which pulsates from the heart. And the Elam HaTeva, then there's the world of nature. That's the world where man takes care of the needs of nature, of all kinds, which is the lower part within the body of the person. And in all of this, there's all sort of like an interaction between these between, between these worlds, Tavnis HaMishkan, as Tavnis Kol Kelov, Ta'asu, to see it in that way. We spoke before about, in a sense, the Migdosh being the world, but Salah knew how to put together the letters that, with which Hashem created the heavens and the earth. Well, here we're showing that even within the Mishkan, there are the more heavenly, more divine sections and the more earthy sections. And that's another piece of how we see, how we are to see, the, the, the structure of the Mishkan as it is given, as it is prepared and shown to us. They should make an Orain out of Ate Shitim, out of Shitim wood. So there are a couple of very interesting comments and Choshava comments that are made over here by the Rabbeinu Bachya. First of all, he says something which linguistically is a big chidush, even though the, the etymology which he's pointing out is very, very clear. And he says, Orin, which is the term for the ark, for the closet, the cabinet, the box in which the luchais were kept, 
But what was kept in there? The luches of the Taira. What's the Taira otherwise known as? Kinir mitzvah v'tayra? Oyer. Oroin, writes Rabbeinu Bachia, is miloshoin oira. Yeah, there could have been different words for the Orain. But we call it the Orain because it is the repository, it is the great light bulb. It is the repository of that which provides the greatest light for the world. Did anybody ever hear that before? Did anybody ever know that before? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting chidush. Rav Shavel, in his footnotes to the Rabbeinu Bachya, he cites a Yerushalmi in the fifth parak of Yuma, where it says, Ad before the Arn was taken away by the Plishtim, the light that was associated with the Arn illuminated and allowed them to go and come based on its light. The Arn was a source of Ira, quite literally, that's what it says. Not just the theoretical Tyra are, but that's the how bound up it, it was one with uh, one with the other. A next comment which Rabbeinu Bachya makes on this, and that is that uh, it, it, the Orin was made out of Atzeshitim, and the pasuk says Amachsayim v'chetzi arkoi amavachetzi rachboi v'amavachetzi koymosay was one ama and a half tall. How much is one and a half amos? is nine tfachim. A tefach is uh, six tfachim in an ama. One and a half amos is nine tfachim. Plus, and this is a famous Gemara, Gemara in Erevin, Gemara in Sukkah, that says, but on top of the boxes there was the lid, otherwise known as the kaporis. And how thick was the kaporis? Tefach. So it was nine tfachim plus a tefach. Nine plus one, take off your socks, and you add it up, and you know that the answer is ten. Says Rabbeinu Bachia, that's because we find a magic number ten, which is there in the in the in the Binyan Mishkan. Before we spoke about the number fifteen, but there's a number ten here by the Orin. The number is ten, and what else? Here's another example by Menorah. There were seven kanim, seven branches, kaftor and gavia uperach, as well as there were the knobs and the and the cups, and the flowers. Seven plus three is ten. The Mishkan was made out of Eser Yeriyos. Remember, the covering of the Mishkan was made out of ten separate curtain segments. The Mishkan was ten Tfachim tall, right? The, 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 the Krushim were ten Tfachim tall. The Mizbeach Ha'ila was five Amos long and five Amos wide. He there gives you ten, what do you call them? Universal Amos. And more, more. So what's the, what's the idea? What's the idea? So the thing that Rabbi Nobachia says, of course, is that, you know, Asara is, an, is a number which is raimes to, you know, to, to big things. Uh, you know, the morale explains elsewhere, like a beautiful thing, which is that when you get to 10, you bring together the others, right? The metric system, which is the way we use it, the decimal system is... Uh, it goes up to number 10, then it starts again. And 20 is 2 times 10, and 21 is 2 times 10 plus 1. Right? The unit of 10 becomes together like 1. And that's why 10 is basara mamores and asara and asara dairis. All of that 10s is because 
we're taking all the various separate disjointed things and bringing them together as one. But Rabbein, you know, for, for one source, one purpose. Rabbeinu Bachya takes it a very significant additional step. It's a a significant step for those who would be bothered by this problem, and it is a real problem. When Shlema Melech built the base Hamigdash, so what does it say? He made ten shulchanos, ten tables, ten menorahs, ten kiyorim, ten wash basins. So the question is, based on what does he do that? You know, the Mishkan is supposed to be hakol b'chsav miyad Hashem olay hiskim all determined by HaKadosh Baruch Hu exactly what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to be like. How is it that Shleim HaMelech made ten menorahs? Writes Rabbeinu Bachya, and this is an interesting thing, and the kind of thing which is debated at times. This was part of what Hashem instructed Maish Rabbeinu. If we're going to hold, let's say, for argument's sake, that the mitzvah of Asuli Migdosh Veshachanti Vesoycham is a mitzvah Ledoros, a mitzvah for all times. And it was a mitzvah which compelled Moshe to build the Mishkan, and it's the mitzvah which will compel us, Bimeir of Yameinu, to build the Beis HaMikdosh. When Hashem told them about building the Beis HaMikdosh, He said, I want you, when you do that, to make ten Shulchanais and ten Menorahs. It wasn't Shlomo HaMelech's Chidush. It came Misinai. It came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu back then. However, it was not written down. It was just an accepted tradition until Shlomo came along and built the Beis Hamikdash, and he made the ten menorahs and the ten shulchanos. It all came from Moshe Rabbeinu. You can't adjust things halachically post Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what he suggests, and the presence, the constant presence within the Binyan Emishkan itself, of the tens of the numbers ten, that is. It was indicative to them as well. That was part of the remez that Kosh Baruch Hu placed in the Torah, that the Mishkan ultimately should be a place of ten. And not just ten tochim tal, but ten menorahs and ten shulchanes. And so it was an innovation, a creative innovation of Shleim HaMelech that this was done. Rather, it was an idea, literally, whose time had come. Something which had been presented to them by Kosh Baruch Hu that they were now doing. Again, a little further in Rabbeinu Bachya, in this very same posuk, and here you have, you know, you know, sometimes you have like sort of like those speeches that are always said. You can just like predict that it's coming. So, this is a great week for a dinner or something about a yeshiva. Why? Because it speaks about the Orin, and what does it say about the Orin? The Orin had also. Badim, it had poles, and the poles were supposed to stay with the Orin all the time. And what do the poles of the Orin do? They hold up the Orin. And so it's a remez, and this is found in mystical sources, to the Tamchin the Eraisa, to those who support the Torah. For us who Orin Shitim, you make the Orin of Shitim what Eloha Messiah Loiske Torah. These are those who assist, those who are involved in the study of Torah. It's a piece of tar. You should cover it with gold. Hashem is going to make one nice shady area. 
And that same skybox will be great for the people who study the Torah and the people who supported them. And the Gemara, there's a Pasuk which is brought, Ki in the shade of the wisdom, the shade of the money. They go there together. One made it possible for the other. It's chayim It is a tree of life for those who machazikim What is machazikim Strengthen it, support it. Not for those who lo'loim de'a lo'i ne'mar, To those who support it. How much more so to those who learn it? It's not that those who support it are better than those who learn it. But those who support it have the same connection to it, the same access to it as those who learn it. You should bring those poles into the rings of the Aaron. The masses have an obligation to strengthen and to support the students of Torah the same way the Badim surrender, uh, supported the, the Aaron. That's what it's, uh, what it's about. And it says, because after all, the person was Isaac Batira, he is lifted up by them. Their support of the Lehman HaTayra allows himself to lift himself up, to grow and to become a more magnificent human being. So therefore, he's lifted up on their account. They should be able to have that kind of a, uh, of a, of a zuchus. And they should be described in those terms that we have described them here. You know, gold, Zohar, Tor, and, and, and connected in that way to the R8 itself. Can I share with you another amazing, fantastic diuk that Rabbeinu Bachya makes on our Parsha? Everybody may be familiar that in our Parsha we speak about three crowns. Rashi speaks about it, right? The Kentucky Derby, the Belmont, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, it speaks about three crowns. One, Lahavdil, was the crown of Tyra, the Kesar Tyra, and that was in this first one, which is described here, which is the Zer Zahav, the golden crown, that was around the Orin, the Ark. Then there was the Kesar Kahuna, which, was, which we have at the end, at the end of Parshish Tetzava, where we're taught about the Mizbech HaKtoris, the Mizbech of the incense, that also had a ridge, ridge which was a Zer Zahav Saviv. And then we have in our Parsha the Shulchan, Shulchan also has a ring, and that corresponds to the Kesser Malchus. And those are the three crowns that are spoken about in Pirkei Ovis and spoken about elsewhere. Shloisha Ksorimim, three crowns, Kesser Torah, Kesser Kahuna, and Kesser Malchus. The crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of royalty. However, notice something, says Rabbeinu Bachia. When it comes to the, the, the Oron, what does it say? It says, Vasisa Olav. You should make upon it a Zerzav Saviv. By the Shulchan and the Mizbeach Haktoros, what does it say? Vasisa, lie. You should make it for him. Here it says you make it upon him, and there he says you make it for him. What's the difference in that little nuance? Two different letters. Olav, Ayin Yud, plus Lamed and Vav, where the Elmer is just Lamed and Vav. What's the difference? So Rabbeinu Bachya offers more than one pshat. The first pshat he says is, that making it for him implies that to some degree he owns it. And if he owns it, it's his and it stays in his family. And that's true by the kahuna. The kahuna is his. You make the crown for him, it's his crown. And he bequeaths it to his children after he's 
it's time for him to leave the world. The crown of Malchus belongs to him. Loy, it's his, to give it on. But by the Orain, it doesn't say his, it says Olav, on him. Why? Because what's the rule about the crown of Torah? The crown of Torah isn't yours. Kol haraita, lita liyoveviita, whoever wants can come and get it. There is no inherited position of Godel Betaira, according to the pure idea and the pure halacha, the way we, the way we have it. And therefore, it doesn't say lo, he made it for him, that crown wasn't his crown, it was Hashem's crown that was placed upon him. But the shulchan and the mezbeach hazov, which represent royalty, the crown of royalty and the crown of kahuna, those are his. They're his to bequeath to his children. That's why there it says, vasisa loy, you shall make it for him. Whereas over here, it says, vasisa alav. Rabbeinu Bachi offers another pshat, which perhaps you might have said, which is, Olav means on top, on top of it. And which crown is on top of the rest? The Keser Taira, right? Gedayla Taira minakuna minamalchus, as it says in the sixth parak of Pirchavist. Taira surpasses the others. So while the others are its, you know, down here, this one is above it. See, so Olav, Zerzahav Saviv a nuance of a word, this is what Rabbeinu Bachia brings, uh, brings out from it. The two kruvim that were made of Zav. So first of all, Rabbeinu Bachia quotes the Rambam, and this is a controversial Rambam. But the Rambam says that the kruvim were angelic images. As we know, kruvim are cherubic, you know, in English even, the same, same word, just, you know, pronounced ch instead of ch. Right? But the kruvim, or ke, right? the kruvim are angelic images. And you have angelic images on the orin of the Torah. What's the significance of that? So Rabbeinu Bachi quotes what the Rambam said. And he said, because the same way in the first commandment you have to believe in God, you also have to believe in malachim. The second core principle of the Torah is you have to believe in Malachim. Now, the Ramam certainly doesn't count it as the second principle of, of his Yudgimali Kar. But he's saying you have to believe in God and you have to believe in Malachim. And the reason why you have to believe in Malachim because Malachim are messengers. That's what the word Malach means. Malachim are the fed ex from the Rabbanu Shalom to people. And you know, if there is no FedEx from the Rabbanu Shalom to people, then what happens is people are just plunting around trying to figure out what Hashem might want. And the very difference of Torah is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we don't just have a speculative belief in a God who's out there, maybe even a God who performed for, for us miracles. But we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicating with us and telling us what is right and what is wrong and telling us His wishes and how does Hashem tell it to us? He tells it to us not directly. He can't speak to us directly. He tells it to us through Malachim. The Rambam's shita is that one of the difference between Nevuah, Smaisha, and Nevuah of other Nevi'im is that other Nevi'im got it through Malachim. Rambam writes this, writes about it extensively in the Mar Nevuchim, but he even writes about it in the Mishnah Torah, in Hilchos Yesodei Torah. Says the Rambam, the image of the kruvim, of angels, on top of the orin of the Torah, is to convey, are to convey that. That image is there to convey that. That there is an angel 
that brings the Torah from God to the people. And that's the way most Nevuah worked. Again, with the exception of a Nevuah's Maishu Rabbeinu. But that was the way Nevuah generally worked. And that's it. And it's an Ikar. Because if there's no Nevuah, there's no Torah. So you have to believe in Malachim that bring the message. Again, I said it's controversial because there are those who would say that no, Nevuah is HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaking directly, not through a Malach. Maybe it's a little harder for them to hear than HaKadosh Baruch Hu, than Maish Rabbeinu from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it's still without, without intermediary. And this Rabbeinu Bachia is quoting this Rambam, and it's so interesting. Why? Because he goes on to speak about the symbolism of the Kruvim as such. So here we have one, which is that the angels that, that intermediate, intermediate, we might say, act as intermediaries between God and man when it comes to the communication of the Torah. However, the Kruvim represent not just Malachim, they are there as the images of angels, but they represent the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people. And everybody knows that one of the things was that the Kruvim were, one of them was an image of a Zachar, and one of them was an image of an Akeva, of a male and of a female. And when the Jewish people did Ritzayin HaShel Mokayim, they would embrace, and other times not, or they would turn to each other, and other times not. And uh, they would unfurl or, un, or roll up the kapayre, the paraiches, so that people would be able to see and see the chiba, the love which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for, for Am Yisrael. That's one meaning of the, of the kruvim. But that speaks about the idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a direct connection with the Jewish people. And that embrace of the two, the beloved, the boy and the girl, as if it's a metaphor for our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shows what Bilam would say, Hashem Hashem guides them directly, himself, with no assistance. He has no El Nechor, he has no foreign God, no other force that is with him in this enterprise. So before he said that the image of the Kruvim is there because of the need for angels to serve as intermediaries, but then he goes on to speak about the direct relationship which Kal Yisrael has with, uh, with, uh, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then he goes on to say something which is very interesting and worthwhile to note, not well known, but he brings that the, 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 the Gemara, which speaks about Kruv, is a, is a Gemara about Yecheskel. And the Gemara over there says, the Pasuk says, Pnei Yachad, Pnei Kruv, Pnei Hasheni, Pnei Adam. The face of one was the face of a Kruv, and the face of the other was the face of a person. So what's the problem? The problem is, when Chazal say that the Kruvim were having the faces of people, so then they both had the face of people. One is the face of a Kruv, one is the face of a person. A person has the face of a Kruv. It's the same. What's the Gemara say? There's the face of an adult and the face of a child. And that's the difference. There's the face of a cherubic child and the face of the person. So just Rabbeinu Bachya, it's entirely possible that the two Kruvim that were on the Orin, one of them was a mature adult face and one of them was a young childish face. And that also would speak about the relationship between Kal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is Kirachim of Albonim, like a father has mercies over his son. So whether the image of the Kruvim is an intimate image between a man and a woman or whether it's a close image between a father and son, it speaks about the connection, the Ava, between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Amai, between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his, and his people. 
And that's what's there. And he says, when you see the image of these two, the Kruvim above, the Orain, and that's Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that was something which would be Mo'ayrer, Tfilosenu, right? which would awaken our Tfilos, and with everything else we do, don't try to create any intermediate between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you. That's the way we turn, we turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu without anything else, without intermediary, in order to be able to know that. So it's interesting how he goes from saying it's to introduce the Malachim, who did serve to some degree as middlemen, and instead now he moves to a different thing. I just want to end with what the Rabbeinu Bachi writes here about Shulchan. He writes the same thing in elsewhere in the in the Karakemach. He says the Shulchan was made Zohav Tor, Chazal Darshan, that uh, the Shulchan is a Mizbeach, right? They bring a Pasuk in Yecheskel, Shulchan Hashem. And he writes about the idea that the Shulchan is like a Mizbeach. And he says that the Gemara says, now that there's no Mizbeach, the Shulchan of a person is uh, is going to be Mechaper, going to be Mechaper for him. That's tomorrow's Daf HaYoyimi. And in tomorrow's Daf HaYoyimi, it speaks about the value of a person being Marech al Shulchanai, spending a long time at the table. Marech Betfila, remember? Marech Bebeis HaKisei, Marech al Shulchanai. What's the advantage of being Marech al Shulchanai? So the Gemara says, because the longer he sits at the table, the more chance Aniyim have, poor people have to come, and to, you can give them something to eat. That's the value, and that's where the Shulchan is a Mizbeach. Says Rabbeinu Bachi, the most amazing thing. He says it was the Minag in Tzorfas in France, Minag Hasidim in Tzorfas, was that when they died, they had them take apart their dining room table and built it into an Arain. And that would be the way they would go to the other world. They'd go to the Rebbeinu and they would say, See this? This is my dining room table. You know what happened at this table? You know what chesed was done at this table? That's my meal ticket for the Elam Abba. They took their dining room table and they took, turned it into their into their arain, into their casket. That's the that's the the minag that he spoke of. That's the shulchan, the shulchan which is which is daima, daima Okay. Thank you.